<laughs> I just wanted to uh, show everybody this case that I had made inside here is uh, the headdress that I wear and uh, I got some awesome crosses put on there. What a blessing to be here, you know. You can feel the presence of God. Jenna's uh, singing was uh, really anointed, and I'm, I'm so blessed to be here. Yeah, I, I proudly wear uh, the headdress and, you know, let everybody know that I'm a chief and I, I'm a believer. And uh, like I said, I... I can't believe how anointed it is. It's, it's like being in church here, and, you know, you can just feel God. Thank you. I always get that when I wear this. They say, man, you really are a big chief. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I just want to say good evening, and uh, God bless, you know, to everyone here today, and I wrote some stuff down to help keep me on track so I don't kind of get all over the place, but there's uh, a lot to say, but I you know, wanted to narrow it down, which reminds me i got to start my, my timer here so I don't go over the 15 minutes. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's such a blessing to be here, and it's such a blessing to see everyone here and to... to uh, to know that there's you know so many believers and I'm so blessed that uh, on every First Nation I go there's there's always believers and uh, that's one thing as a new uh, a new believer I didn't know what was that on you know every First Nation I go to there's Christian people so I know that you know God is doing an awesome work and as was said my name is uh, Sean Longman and my daughter Tiana there uh, is a singer and. She's been singing for a little while, and she's uh, such a blessing to us. And I've uh, been a chief of George Gordon First Nation for the last four years, um, and we elect our chiefs out there. So uh, I do have an election coming up now on uh, May, March thirty-first. Sorry, so uh, I'll ask everybody to please pray for that. So I grew up with uh, my grandparents on the reserve. Um, my mother. Uh, Mother and father were together for a very short time, and uh, they gave me to my grandmother to uh, raise. And at that time, she was into uh, the lifestyle of drinking and drugs and everything, as were uh, all her brothers and sisters. Everybody, you know, was raised on the reserve, but then they went to the residential schools. And at the residential schools is where all the problems really began for for many First Nation people, there was a lot of uh, terrible abuse and things like that that, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know about. And um, I was really, you know, angry with my mother for many years over that. <coughs> yeah, I just, uh, I just feel like the presence of God here and, you know, just like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's like God is really doing something amazing here, you know. I really believe that, and it's uh, it's so so awesome. Like uh, I'm, I feel like crying up here, and you know, 
I haven't even really got into the testimony here, but it's just like I said, because uh, God is so amazing, and He's. Uh, I know that He's uh, touching everybody, even the people that are not in this building, you know, because we're gathered here today, you know, that Word of God is going forth. Amen. But uh, anyways, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. I, like I said, I grew up with my grandparents on uh, George Gordon First Nation. My grandfather was a medicine man or a traditional healer, and uh, my grandmother was uh, Métis, and she uh, followed the uh, Roman Catholic beliefs. So uh, from a very young age, we were uh, had to kneel down by the bed and pray, and we said Our Father and Hail Mary and all of those things. But, you know, growing up at that time, it uh, really didn't really understand it, but we did it anyways out of obedience to her. And my older brother and I, we'd... Uh, help my grandfather prepare the uh, the different types of medicines and things like that that he would use. We would uh, take these old um, jars, well, the covers from the, the baby food, and we'd hit him with a hammer and make a rasp, eh, and we'd help him grind up all his, his uh, different roots and the leaves and things like that that he would mix together. So that's, you know, how we grew up. There was uh, many traditional ceremonies and stuff in, in that uh, house, and we followed that, and uh, as was passed on to him, you know, from many generations before, and um, that's the way uh, we understood things. Um, and First Nation people, you know, I really believe are, are taught at a young age that uh, there is a, a spiritual realm. There's a reality, you know, beyond the physical world that we see, and from a very young age, uh, we understand that. And... Uh, there was always an understanding that uh, we needed uh, some type of protection from from spirits. So, but as a young boy, I always remember wondering why, like uh, I was so afraid, and why the things that we did seemed so scary. And uh, it, uh, you know, I just want to mention too that uh, I'm not here to you know put down anybody's beliefs or anything like that. I'm just you know telling telling the way it was for us as, as we grew up on the reserve. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, at that age, there, even at that young age, there was a lot of uh, drinking and a lot of uh, things going on in the home. There was a lot of uh, hardship. There was uh, hunger and um, lack and things like that on the reserve. And later on, uh, my brother and I, we also attended residential school. And, and everything you hear about those places is, is true. You know, there was a lot of really uh, negative experiences. There was lots of uh, abuse and heartache and loneliness and things like that. And uh, like I said earlier, that's, that's I later on came to realize uh, why my family was the way it was, was because they all attended a residential school and they were all, you know, made to uh, kneel and pray. But it was like more in a, a torturous way where they were beaten and and then there was abuse from the uh, the fathers and abuse from the nuns. And they all hated church, just absolutely hated church. Anything to do with church, we were taught, was like horrible. And that was not not for First Nation people. So don't, you know, ever, ever try that. And still today, you know, you talk to people and uh, you ask them to come to a church service and they... Uh, they say, no way, I spent uh, way too much time on my knees at the residential school. And, you know, that wasn't a really good experience. But um, the uh, I know of another lady 
who uh, she's a Christian now, a believer too, and she all often testifies that uh, she drank and did drugs, you know, continuously so much because she wanted to always be in a, a state of being blacked out because she didn't want to have to remember all the things that she went through. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm just trying to read my notes here. So yeah, thankfully for uh, my brother and I, we were only there two years at the residential school. Uh, there was a lot of physical abuse for us. You know, we never um, suffered the uh, the extreme, the sexual abuse that a lot of people went through. But being in that uh, Gordon Boxing Club, I did see, you know, uh, little boys who were who were molested in there. And fortunately for me, uh, my uncle was the one who took us and registered us, and he was as big as me, so. I think that's kind of what protected me and saved me from, you know, having that happen to me. But, um, you know, I remember being really afraid of the weekends and stuff that would come because of uh, all the the drinking and the fighting that would start. And uh, didn't I didn't want to do, really didn't want anything to do with uh, drinking and stuff like that as a young kid. I would hide and I didn't ever want to take part in that because it was like such a scary thing you know you see people fighting and blood and you know yelling and screaming and loud and all of that stuff and this was like you know because of everything that everybody had went through it wasn't uh, it wasn't because you know it, they just loved to do that it was because of having to deal with uh, all these negative things that happened and um, one you know one light that we see you is that uh Brother Ron Hooper, I don't know, many people probably know Ron Hooper, but he spent a lot of time on the First Nation, on the reserves, and he would come around and set up his tent, and, you know, people would say, well, just go along, go and get a free meal, go get a hot dog, you know, you don't have to listen to that stuff, just go and eat. So we would, and we, you know, uh, little did we know that the, there were seeds, you know, being planted in us. So, you know, that was that was awesome that uh, somebody had that uh, faith to go to the reserves. Yeah, it's, you know, God is amazing. And thank, uh, you know, thank him every day for saving me. But um, growing up, as a kid, you know, I didn't, I didn't want anything to do with the drugs and the alcohol, but it was such an ingrained thing, you know, that uh, my uncles would basically say, uh, you gotta, you got to drink this, and you got to smoke this weed. If you don't, you might as well go put on a dress and hang out with your kokum. You know, so there was a lot of peer pressure to do those things that we didn't want to do. And so be, I went from being uh, an observer to a participant, you know, and, and all that. And then all through my high school years, you know, I drank and did drugs and dropped out of school. And um, I'm running out of time quick here. i got to shorten this up. But um, anyways, you know, I, I grew up in, in an environment that absolutely um, was far from the gospel. I guess I'll put it that way. And... Uh, 
I remember, you know, taking part in everything. I, I was, I would go to all the ceremonies. We would do all the things. We would go to the, to the rain dances. We'd go to the sweats. And I remember one time, you know, praying in a sweat. I don't know if everybody's familiar with what that is, but it's, it's this thing that's built, and you go inside. It's like a dark uh, covering, and there's hot rocks in there. And inside, we go inside there because we look at that as Mother Earth and being reborn. And you know, that's how we pray. But anyways, I was sitting in here and. Uh, my cousins are our medicine men, and, and they're in there praying, eh, and they're singing, and the rattles are going, and I'm sitting there in the dark, eh, and these two orbs come up out of the fire, red, and they're going around each other, coming like that up before my eyes, and I'm looking at these, and I said, you know, Lord, if this is the way that you want, uh, you know, First Nation people to worship you, then, then I'll follow it. And um, as soon as I, I prayed that prayer, because we were told, pray any way you want to pray. You know, we all pray to the same Creator, so just pray however you want. So I said that simple prayer, and these things, they fell, boom, right before me. And everything that was happening, and they just went away. And it was, you know, calm, and there was just the singing and stuff going on. So I was sitting there thinking, was that, you know, the prayer that I had said that had did that? And um, that's where I, I kind of began to change and to wonder, you know, well, what is the way? How is that, and why did this happen this way? And um, I, you know, I went away from there, and I, I didn't, I didn't follow God. And then, as I look back in my life, you know, I, I recognize now that God was calling me many times, and and I, I didn't obey. You know, I, I didn't listen to to the to the calling that God was um, directing me, and you know, I. So I continued to drink and I continued to to do drugs and you know uh, went back to school. I, I got I did get my grade twelve eventually, and then I had like really good marks. I had quit drugs and stuff there for that time and and I got really good marks. I got into engineering in the university, and then of course I went back into the same old thing, and again uh, dropped out and fell away and kind of went on that whole lifestyle of living that way. And I'm just trying to shorten it up here, but. When uh, when I did accept Jesus, you know, I I was uh, I was immediately freed from all these things that I had tried so hard to be to be free from. I tried many times to quit drugs. I tried many times to quit alcohol. You know what happened was every time I said that's it, I quit drugs. Somebody would show up with drugs. Every time I said I quit alcohol, there would be somebody knocking at the door and they would have like a bunch of beer and alcohol. So I began to recognize that these things were there was something spiritual going on. And um, eventually, um, my wife and I, we accepted uh, Jesus. We, we said that sinner's prayer, and like I said, I, I was set free. I began to read the Bible and to learn and to understand and, you know, go to church. And as I, I began to go to church and to give to the church, you know, God blessed me more and more. And I um, started off on reserve. My first job was the garbage man hauling garbage. I... Uh, <clears throat> Then I, I got into council. I was a counselor, a band counselor for about four years, and then I got out, and then I went back to school, and I, I got a business admin, and you know. But that was kind of a goal that I had set afterward, and only after I was able to uh, read the word and to understand that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, you know. Only then was I able to uh, to be successful. When I seen my myself the way that God sees me as, as successful and and more than able, you know, and 
a son of God, you know, that, that I could be successful and uh, complete school and to, to be elected as a chief. And I always give God all the praise and all the glory. And, you know, I don't take any credit for anything that uh, that's done. He's the one who uh, who blessed me, who made me chief, who provided, you know, all my needs. And I was uh, at the band meetings, you know, I always say it's, it's God who makes me look good. It's not me. It's him who does everything for me. And it's not anything that I've done, you know, to, to deserve to be saved. It's, it's the blood of Jesus. And I explain that many times to the counselors and many times as I'm, you know, traveling with people or uh, meeting with people. They, uh, they're, they're listening more and more. Like when I, when I first got saved and everything, everybody was, oh, you'll be, you'll be done that soon. You're just kind of going through a phase of, you know. But the reality is, is, is they didn't understand, you know, that uh, there was a real change, that God came into my life and, you know, the, the blood of Jesus washed me and cleansed me. And I always uh, try to point people to Jesus, you know. I, I never try to put anybody down or their beliefs or... If uh, many times you know people come to the reserve and they they really um, say negative things against the uh, the First Nation people and, and the beliefs and that only uh, pushes people away. But what we need to do is point people to the cross, you know, to the good news. We got to stop pointing at everybody's sins and saying this is what's wrong with you, this is what's wrong with you. But we got to say this is Jesus and this is what He's done for us. You know, and that's. You know, and I believe that we're going to see, you know, amazing days ahead of us. I believe we're going to see revival. And I really believe we're going to see revival on the First Nations. I I made it a point to go to the four corners of the reserve and pray at those four corners and pour anointing oil there and ask God to do a, an awesome work and to, you know, cleanse the land and to bless the people. So... Every day, you know, I, I, I claim their salvation and I claim the wonderful works of God. I, I, bless, uh, I bless everyone in the name of Jesus as I, I say the prayers. And uh, every meeting that I pray, I, I pray in the name of Jesus. And, you know, I'm not ashamed of that because that's, that's what saved me. That's what set me free. And, you know, because I'm the chief and because I'm not afraid to lift up the name of Jesus... I believe that, you know, many people who, who were called but were turned away because of, you know, being made fun of are, are now going to come forward. But again, I'm not saying it's like, you know, because of me, but it's because of Jesus, you know, because Christ in me. It's I'm always careful to not take credit for anything that uh, God is doing. But, you know, I, I just receive the love and the mercy, the grace, the forgiveness. I receive that because of what Jesus has done. In the beginning, that's what I kind of struggled with when I was a believer. You know, I didn't understand that. And I thought, well, am I saved? Am I not saved? And I wasn't sure. But, you know, when I began to understand the blood of Jesus and uh, how that has uh, cleansed us and made us whole, that's when I got those revelations of, uh, of you know, nothing is impossible. That, you know, we can do all things, like I said, through Christ Jesus. But anyways, I had 15 minutes and I'm now at 18. So I... Uh, I had like, I don't know, quite a few pages here, but had to cram it all in, and uh, that's okay, you know, I'm not uh, 
saying that I want to stay up here any longer, but uh, just God bless each and every one of you, and it's, it's such, such a blessing to, to know, you know, to know everyone here, to meet everyone here, and to see that uh, there are so many people who are, are trusting in, in Jesus, so God bless.